What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Battery Power Podcast Network. I'm Chris Willis, and I'm joined tonight by my friend Stephen Talbert, who you may know as B Outliers on Twitter. Um, we're getting together tonight to, uh, to hopefully uh, put together the a pilot uh, podcast episode of a, of a new show. Uh, it's untitled still as of right now. Uh, so if you got any good ideas uh, about a, a, a name for us, uh, you know, help us out. Send it to us. Uh, hey, Stephen, how are you doing? What's up, Chris? How are we doing tonight, man? Uh, pretty good. Braze. 14 straight wins. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been a unbelievable turnaround for sure. 14, 14 in a row is bananas. I don't, and I, here's the thing. I don't care what, the, I don't care what the schedule is. I mean, if you just look at the odds of winning 14 straight games against the worst team in baseball, it's probably less than 5% to win 14 in a row. So. Yeah, and I mean the amazing thing is they've cut um, six games, uh, six and a half games off the uh, Mets' lead now. It's down to four after tonight. So, yep. you know, just a just miraculous run. It's a run they had to have, though. I mean, the way the schedule was lining up, they needed to really cut into that lead. I don't, I don't think I expected them to cut in this far, but uh, uh, you know, here we are. Uh, it's a it's a good night to to do a little podcasting, so um, do a show. So. Um, why don't you tell everybody kind of what you and I are thinking about as far as uh, as this going forward? Yeah, so Chris and I have been talking. Um, we obviously have a, a full podcast network as is. Um, we have the main show with um, Brad and Chris, or Brad, Scott, and Eric, who do the main show about once a week, and they do kind of a full recap of the team. They go week by week and do – all the news, all the uh, all the transactions, they go game by game, look at all the results. Um, but because they cover so much in one podcast, they don't really have time to dive down deep into, uh, you know, one or two topics. They just have so much to get to. And Brad does a great job of keeping them kind of on track with that. But an idea Chris and I threw around was, you know, a podcast where we did have that time, where we're not – beholden to cover so much that we didn't have time to really dive into a topic or two. So the idea was thrown out there to, you know, to start one where we could, you know, take one or two storylines, one or two themes that are around the team in any given weekend and really spend 30, 45 minutes talking about it in depth. And so that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to try. I think we're going to do once a week, probably midweek to be opposite the main show. Um, and see how it goes. Uh, like Chris said, we don't have a name yet. Him and I both suck at naming things, so we're probably going to need you guys to uh, help us out with that. 
but yeah, we're, we're just going to see how this goes. Everybody I've talked to says that anytime you start a podcast, the first episode is the worst. So I apologize if this episode is terrible, but we will get better at it. I promise. Um, but if you have a name for us, if you have any ideas, obviously, you know, you can leave a, a comment. You can hit us on Twitter. Pretty much everybody knows where to find us on Twitter. So, yeah, but I'm excited. Same here. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, something I've wanted to do for a while. So, uh, but let's get right into it. Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Well, I think the biggest topic uh, of the week, uh, we got something uh, we want to talk about uh, in a minute, but I think to begin with, we need to start with uh, obviously the Ozzy Albies injury. Um, uh, the Braves announced today that he underwent a uh, successful surgery on that left foot. They still didn't give a timeline. There was a couple of reports out there today that the Braves are hopeful that they're going to get him back, but it's, it's kind of interesting that they haven't actually put a, uh, uh, you know, a timeline on it. Uh, I know he was placed on the 60 day injured list. Um, so, you know, he's out for at least two months, uh, but you know, they really haven't, they really haven't said, um, you know, if, when, when they might, uh, he might be able to return. So, you know, what are your thoughts going forward without Albies? Um, you know, obviously Orlando Arcia, uh, made quite an impression these last two games, uh, in place of him. I think he's seven for nine, uh, with a couple of homers, you know, I don't, I don't expect that to continue at that rate, um, but he's been real good this season. Uh, so, you know, how do you how do you feel like the Albies injury uh, affects the Braves going forward? Yeah, the Ozzy injury was tough. Um, you know, not even completely because of on the field, but off the field. I think Ozzy is probably one of the more universally respected guys in um, the locker room. I think he's huge for the clubhouse and. You could kind of tell last night, even even though they had won their 13th in a row, um, it was kind of a melancholy. They, they kind of had a, a melancholy disposition about them after the game because I think they knew the Aussie injury was going to be pretty serious. So um, it's a big blow for the team. Um, he's a great player. I I have some interesting thoughts about Arcia, which we'll dive in in a second because I, I do think he's probably I, – I think it's a little more real than – some of the, you know, upfront numbers might suggest it is, but the, the injury to Ozzy is big for sure. Cause he's just a, you know, he's a crucial part of the team. He plays amazing defense. He's a great base runner. Um, the offense has slipped a little this year and we'll get into that in a second, but um, it's a big injury. And, and I, I agree with you. They were, I think they were purposely vague with their wording today. Um, I think they said they hope he's back before the year's over. I think that's, you know, I think it's exactly that. I think it's just hope at this point. I don't think they, I don't think they really know. Uh, you know, depending on what kind of bone in his foot was broken and and what kind of rehab it has. You know, I've read as many as you know three to four months in terms of recovery and rehab, which would obviously put him out for basically the entire season. So it'll be interesting to see. But I do think Garcia is a fascinating player for several reasons. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, when you look at Albies, you know, obviously hearing that he had to have surgery, uh, that that uh, that certainly affects the timeline. Um, you know, it's disappointing. Yep. He's a big big part of this team, obviously, uh, from a clubhouse standpoint, on the field standpoint, uh, defensively, which might be, you know, that may be the hardest um, part about replacing them. But, uh, you know, I'm interested yep. to hear what you got to say about Arcia. I mean uh, – the, you know, he's off to a great start. Uh, the numbers, especially if you go deep, you go into the stat cast numbers, which is where I suspect you're going. 
Um, you know, I mean, he's hitting the ball hard, and that's the thing yeah. that jumps out with, at you. He's barreling the ball. I don't think he can sustain this rate um, over a full season. Uh, but, you know, he has been impressive, and you, you got to acknowledge that uh, no matter what you feel about him as a player. Um, you know, he does look different. Um, you know, so yeah. I think I think that's going to be the interesting thing is, you know, he probably is not going to stay at this level. Uh, but can he can he stay at a level higher than what we saw in Milwaukee? Yeah. So the question is going to be in respect to our friend and colleague, Brad Rowland. You know, it needs to be said that Orlando Arcia spent five years with Milwaukee. He was a full time player. He had over 2000 plate appearances and he was terrible. There's just no other way to say it. he was a very bad player. He was a terrible hitter. They traded him away for two relievers, despite the fact that he was a top prospect uh, or a formal top prospect, at least. And he just wasn't very good. However, and this is a, a large however, since then, since he's left Milwaukee, his batted ball profile has drastically, significantly changed. He is essentially a completely different hitter. And even if you look at him, even if you just watch his at-bats in Milwaukee versus the ones he takes now, he just looks different. He's added a ton of muscle, a ton of bulk. He's not the same scrawny shortstop that came up that was kind of a light-hitting shortstop. That's just not him anymore. He, he's massive. He is a big man. And I'm going to give you a stat here, Chris, that blew my mind. I didn't know this until we were doing our research for this podcast, and I looked this up. But do you know, who, do you know what the top four, the top four highest average exit velocities in Major League Baseball? Do you know who's on that list? He's got to be because I'm sitting here he, looking at it. It's 94.7, which is – and that's before, you know – Yeah, that was, that was before the uh, Wednesday's game. So, yeah, that's – I mean, that's that's the uh, number that just jumps off the page here. Um, yeah, and, that, so the, and that and the barrel percentage, which is, uh, you know, uh, it's more than four times what it, what it was last year, <laughs> which is, is another story in itself. Yeah, so the top – the top four best exit average exit velocities in major league baseball this year are one Giancarlo Stanton. No surprise. Two Aaron judge. No surprise. Three Jordan Alvarez of Houston. No surprise. And four Orlando Arcia. Orlando Arcia has the fourth highest average exit velocity in major league baseball. This That is bananas. I mean, he was hitting in Milwaukee. His average exit velocity was like 86, 87 miles an hour tops. This year it is almost 95 miles an hour. And this is not, you know, this is, this is raw data. This is raw skill. Like this, these aren't tied to results. This is just how hard you're hitting the ball. It's like how hard you throw the ball. Like once you show you an ability to do it five or six times, you clearly have the ability to do it. So this stuff stabilizes really quick, you know, whereas results take months and months to stabilize. When you're talking about batted ball data, it stabilizes extremely quickly. And even look at his, his, his result numbers. I mean, he has a 391 OBA this year, but it, his expected OBA is 450. So his expected OBA is 50 points higher than his actual OBA. So, you know, is, is he going to be this good all year? No. He's absolutely not. The, that 400 batting average on balls in play is not going to sustain itself all year. That's going to drop, and his overall numbers are going to drop because of it. But the question is not how good is – the question is not 
can he stay this good all year? The question is, once the numbers regress to the mean, how good is he still? That's the question. And when you look at some of this bad, batted ball data and you look at the fact that he's completely changed the type of hitter he is, he's completely changed his body, he's completely changed his swing, he takes mighty hacks at the ball now. Um, you know, I think he can, when all the dust settles and all the numbers come back down to earth, I think he's probably a better hitter than most people who just look at his his batting average on balls in play and just expect it all to come crashing down. I don't expect that. I think he's actually going to be a decent hitter when it all, when all the dust settles. And so I am, I'm pretty fascinated by what's going to happen over the next two months, assuming that he's the guy, I don't know if he's going to be the guy, but if he is, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what he can do with, you know, 300 plate appearances or whatever it's going to be. Because I have a feeling it's going to be a little better than most people would think if they were only looking at his Milwaukee numbers. Right. Um, you know, and that's a good – you just brought it up, too. It's a good question. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people – we saw a lot of chatter on Twitter where, you know, people are expecting the Braves to go out and make a move um, now if, uh, you know, since Albies is hurt and, you know, we still don't know if he'll be back. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't think, you know, I don't think there was any chance that they're going to jump and make a move right away just because of the way RC has played. Um, you know, if he can fill yeah. the spot, then, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. And, you know, it's a whole nother topic. But, I mean, this, you know, this minor league system's just not overrun with uh, with prospect yeah. talent, you know. So, uh, right. it, you know, it feels like it would be a if, – if they did make a move, I'm not sure it's going to be the – the big name move that a lot of people, you know, are throwing around, but, you know, it is an opportunity for Arcia to uh, audition for the job. Um, you know, we're, we're coming up on um, what I consider trade deadline season uh, about the time July 1st gets here, you know, it's a lot of teams are going to be evaluating themselves. And I think that's, you know, that's where we're at. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, from a personnel standpoint, which when we get into the second segment of this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more about the roster. Do you think the Braves will go out and try to get an infielder um, now? Or do you think, um, you know, do you think uh, if they do, do you think you know, they'll bring in a guy that they think they can start? Or do you think they just go out and try to bring somebody in, to, you know, to help, uh, help on the bench and, um, you know, and let Arcia have that job? Well, I think Alex is definitely going to use – so today is June 15th. So that means we're about six weeks away from the trade deadline. So I think Alex is going to use the next four weeks or so as a showcase for Arcia. Basically, how good are you really? And if it's real, you know, if as these numbers regress to their mean and he's still being productive – then they might just go get, you know, a depth piece to basically be his backup. Because that's really what you've lost is obviously Albies is out. Arcia gets bumped up. And so now you, you you don't really have – I mean, you have Phil Goslin, I guess, is who they called up. But I don't know how much you – I don't know how much you want it to be Phil Goslin, I guess, if I'm being honest. Um, but if he if he's real, if, if they think what he's doing can sustain itself, then – you know, there's no need really to go out and get a big, at least a, you know, a, a name bat. You could go get a depth piece somewhere. But if he's not, you know, if over the next four weeks it becomes evident that even though he's got impressive batted ball 
data that he's just not going to be able to produce as an everyday player, then they'll go, I think they'll go get somebody. And I don't think they'll go get, you know, Twitter is, Twitter is crazy. You know, they're not going to go get Jazz Chisholm. I mean, right. Ozzy, Ozzy is under contract for, I mean, I don't know, three more years, two, four more years. I don't even know how many, but a lot. So they're not going to go get a full-time second baseman who's got multiple years of control when Ozzy's out for three months. It just doesn't make any sense. So if they did go, if they went out and got somebody, I think they would get a rental guy, somebody cheap. Like you said, the, the farm system is not is one of the worst in baseball at this point, especially with all the the, the best prospects now in Atlanta. Um, it's not a great farm system, and they don't really have the ammunition to go out and make a big splash. But we saw last year. You know, when Alex made all those moves for rental players, you don't really need elite prospects to, to bring in rentals. You know, people yeah. kind of just get give you rentals for basically nothing. So, yeah. I, you know, if they, if they need to make a move, that's uh, that's the kind of move they will make. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and something else, too, you know, I mean, I think I think we kind of rolled our eyes a little bit at uh, RCA last year and kind of thought that uh, – um, you know, he, his spot on the roster this year wasn't secure, but, you know, they thought enough of him to give him a two-year deal, Yeah, you know, that's a which good point. was, which yeah. was, you know, there's something there that they, they yeah. believed in and, and, you know, and, and they said it repeatedly last year, you know, they got that guy, they got him in case one of their middle infielders went down their injury. Yeah. They felt like he could step in and be an everyday player. So, you know, here's that, that exact scenario, you know, so we're going to see, we're going to see how it comes out. And I mean, so far, so good, uh, you know, hats off to Arcia. You're, you're right. I mean, I would always looking at him in Milwaukee. I thought that was a little guy, you know, I, I thought of him as this little shortstop, you know, whatever, but I'm telling you, I saw this guy in the clubhouse and, uh, you know, this guy, this is a big guy now. I mean, he's, he's put massive, together, he's put together. Um, yeah. so that's a good point. I mean, he's hitting the daylights out of the ball, um, right now. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I'm still skeptical a little bit just because of the career numbers, but I mean, hats off to him. If he, if he has changed something and unlocked something, then, you know, that's just good news for the Braves. And the other thing I'll say about that is, you know, we know for a fact that Anthopolis values these stat cast numbers. I mean, that was the entire impetus behind signing Ozuna the first time he signed him for 2020 was, you know, Ozuna didn't have a great year with St. Louis the year before. It's actually a pretty average year, uh, but his bad at ball numbers were ridiculous. And so Alex kind of took a bet that those bad at ball numbers would, you know, turn into results. And obviously it worked out for 2020. Um, and so we know for a fact that they value those numbers. And, you know, if you look at, if you look at the stat test that of Arcia, it is real. You know, it's not there. You can't fluke your way to hitting the ball this hard. There, you know, it's like, like I said, it's like throwing the ball hard. You can't. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in you can book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You can't fluke your way into it. You can either do it or you can't. So I guarantee you this is why they gave him a two-year deal. You know, we all kind of, you're right. We're all kind of like, wow, Orlando Orsia has a two-year contract. Like, right. what? What? Um, but it's clear that they, they do value these numbers uh, quite a bit in the Braves front office. So I would not be surprised at all if they just said, Orlando, the job's yours, and we'll see what happens come trade deadline. Shifting gears a, a little bit, um, let's talk about the outfield uh, outfield situation. I mean, this has been hey, – man, it's, what a roller coaster ride. I mean, we opened the season. Um, they were just completely terrible defensively. They wasn't hitting much. Uh, but now, you know, in the, during this win streak, uh, this outfield starting to look like a strength of the team. Uh, but what I'm fascinated about, there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be some decisions to make uh, here yep. soon, probably sooner than what we thought. Just judging by um, what we've seen out of Eddie Rosario, who's been hitting and working out on the field. Um, you know, uh, he when uh, he had the eye surgery, uh, they said eight to twelve weeks was well, starting to look like you know. It, he might be on the lesser side of that, uh, maybe around eight. Um, I don't remember exactly what the date was when he when he had the surgery, but you know I could see him going out on a rehab assignment soon. And when he comes back, you know um, it's going to make for an interesting uh, uh, decision from a roster standpoint, but also from a, a playing time standpoint. Um, yeah. So, you know, let's just let's just kind of dive in here. I think you know, obviously Acuna, Acuna's. Uh, uh, you know, I think the best thing about him, he had a rough series against the Nationals, but, you know, I think he's now played 10 or 11 straight games in the outfield. Um, you know, they were really babying him um, uh, to start with. He had a couple of nagging leg injuries, uh, but, you know, he he's looking more and more healthy every day um, to me, at least. And, and, and in a lot of ways, he's been he's been the key because getting him in right field has been allowed him to get uh, um, Marcelo Zuna out of the outfield and into the DH slot. Um, you know, where are you pretty pleased with what you – I mean, when you see Acuna now, does he – it doesn't look like that they're, they've are they got the handcuffs on him quite as tight as what we saw a uh, week and a half, two weeks ago. No, I mean, he's been – you know, it was notable to me on Monday night after the rain delay, you know, the first game of the series got – was uh, it had a, like a two-hour rain delay. And so you knew the outfield was going to be soaking wet, and we were kind of all expecting them to change the lineup and, and put Ron on that DH so he didn't have to play in a wet outfield. And when they just rolled out the exact same lineup, it was a pretty clear indication to me that they are to the point now where, you know, I don't want to say that they've completely let go and just let him play, but we're pretty close. You know, I think we're only about three weeks out from – um, or maybe four weeks out from post-surgery, one year post-surgery. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do get the sense that they're just kind of going to let him play now. And unless he said, unless he comes in one day and says, I'm feeling sore, then they're going to assume he's just ready to play right field. And it has done 
between Acuna coming back full time in the outfield and, and them calling up Michael Harris, who is a monster in defensively, and and then obviously the 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 carryover is then being able to move the ball into left, and those three kind of moves have turned what was the biggest weakness of the team, which was outfield defense, into probably a strength at this point. I mean, Michael in center is ridiculous. Duvall is a very, very good left. I mean, he played center field at a high level while, you know, everybody was out. And so obviously he's a very good defensive outfitter. And then Acuna is, of course, a a five-tool player. He's got a cannon for an arm. He can run like the wind. So, you know, they – they took what was a negative and very quickly. And, you know, I give them credit for calling up Harris because it wasn't an obvious move for a guy who's never played in AAA. But I think Alex saw just how bad the outfield defense was and he just couldn't live with it anymore. It was time to, at the very least, we're going to catch the ball. We might not hit, but at the very least, we're going to catch the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And I, and I think, you know, promoting Harris caught me off guard. Uh, it wasn't something I was yeah. considering. And and be honest, you know, maybe we should have. I don't know. You know, I don't think – I don't think AAA – if you look around the league now, a lot of prospects are are, are piled up at AA. And yeah. I don't think it's as, as crazy a, a thought as a, for a guy to skip AAA given the, the situation that's there with the, where you see a lot of 4A players, a lot of veterans – now it's just kind of the the taxi squad, uh, so to speak, from what we've kind of a little bit, still have a little bit of a fallout from the, you know, the pandemic season or whatever. But, um, yeah. you know, and when Harris came up, I, I admit, I wondered, you know, hey, he's going to, we knew he was going to upgrade the defense right away. Uh, but we wondered, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, I was wondering, uh, you know, if he struggles offensively, you know, could we see him go back down? Um, but I don't think, you know, just watching him, over these first few weeks that he's been up, I don't see him struggling that much. You know, I feel like he's here to stay now um, in a lot of ways, uh, which, you know, creates a little bit of a situation. We're going to talk about Rosario coming back here here in just a second. Uh, but I think I think that center field job's his. Um, you know, they're playing him every day. Uh, he's playing uh, – it doesn't matter if it's a right-hander or left-hander on the mound. Um, and he, and like you said, he solidified the defense and, uh, getting him in center and Acuna back in right. Um, you know, like I said, it, it was a, it was a, a terrible situation to completely, uh, swing into one of the best situations in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, we saw in spring training that he looked very comfortable. You know, you can always tell even outside of the results, you can just always tell when a guy looks comfortable playing with and around big leaguers. And he just always looked comfortable. He looked like he belonged. It didn't seem like anything was too big for him. Um, You know, Brian, uh, Brian Snicker talked a lot in spring training about how he was just, he looked like a professional. He just looked like he was ready. And obviously they weren't going to let him break camp. Um, But, you know, he, he has been – there was a lot of hype around him, and he has been – I think he's exceeded the hype somehow. But, there, I mean, you know, he's the Braves' number one prospect. But he, he has come in and elite de- – not good defense, elite center field defense. He can fly. But the bat has been – some of the bat stuff is probably a little – it's probably not 
completely sustainable. I think he is running like a 420 batting average of ball in play. So that's going to drop at some point, but the power is real. I mean, he hit two balls in this series opposite field and one of them went like 430. I mean, yeah. that, you know, a lot of guys can pull a ball for a homer. You know, if you just kind of drop the bat head on it and you can yank it down the line and get a homer. But if you can hit a ball to the opposite field gap, 430 feet, then you have real power. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. You have real power. So I think I think he's here to stay. I can't imagine a scenario where they would send him back down. Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, like you said, you know that that um, batting average on balls in place can come down a little bit. But, you know, when you – I know there's some swing and miss in that profile, and that was some of the question marks coming up. But just seeing the yeah. willingness and the approach he has to hit the ball the other way, you know, I mean, he – he he pulled one through the right side tonight and then came back later and, and hit a you know a single back up the middle uh, almost to the opposite field so you know he's looking to drive the ball that way and uh, you don't see a lot of young players come up and with that with that ability you know in my opinion so um, I'm excited about him I guess you know when Rosario comes back I guess it's point it's important to point out you know we don't know what we're gonna get there. Um, you know, you hope he's going to come back and he's going to be the guy. But I think he he's interesting as a player too. Uh, yeah. We saw, we you know, when he came back, he came over last year, he was hurt. And then when he got up there, uh, you know, Brian Snicker talked about, um, you know, he was kind of the fourth guy and he was just going to find him a, 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 some time here or there because you you, you had Duvall, uh, Solaire, and Jock Peterson out there. Uh, but when he got in the lineup, he he started hitting and he never stopped. And, you know, he's always been one of those players that was it runs hot and cold. Um, but during that run to the World Series, we never did really see that cold streak for an extended right. period. So, you know, coming back off the eye surgery, you hope he's going to be fine. You know, I mean, if he is, that's a guy that's another 20 home run, 2025 home run uh, bat in your lineup with power. Uh, but where do you see him fitting? I mean that's the that's the interesting thing if you if you pencil Ozuna in and I'm sure we'll get into him in it here shortly, you know it's a, it's it's a crowded situation. Uh, do you see him platooning him and Duvall? Uh, do you see him just trying to move people around, or, or you know do you think Ozuna's going to start to lose some at bats? So this is a fascinating situation to me. Um, I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks on Twitter. I know Bowman jumped in a couple of times. A lot of people have been talking about it because. It is a fascinating situation, and let's just lay it out. So the Braves have – right now the Braves have five outfielders. They have Ronald Cunha Jr., Michael Harris II, Duvall, Marcelo Zuna, and Guillermo Heredia. So those are the five outfielders that the Braves currently have on the active roster. Obviously, when Eddie Rosario comes back, and as you said, it sounds like he's going to be back sooner maybe than the, you know, the back end of his uh, injury timeline looked. It looks like he's going to be back relatively soon so what do you do what can you can you roster six outfielders and basically no backup infielders because to do that that's what you have to do you would have to essentially you know demote goslin back to triple a and then carry rosario in his place but you have no backup infielders. Uh, so, the question will be the question there too will be is you know the June nineteenth uh, the they're supposed to go back to thirteen pitchers. Um, now we've seen that deadline pushed two 
two, at least right. twice, maybe three. I can't remember. I've lost count now. Um, you know, so, you know, yeah. I don't, I'm assuming that that deadline's going to stick, but you know, they've already pushed it a few times. So, you know, it could, and if it, if they, if they stick to it, then you can keep six outfielders and an infielder. Um, but if I, if it right. doesn't, then you're right. You're, 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 I, I don't think that's a workable situation. Um, but yeah. yeah. Right. Because with, with the, the 13 pitch rule, that means you would have 15, you have to have 15 position players. Uh, 13, 13, which is 26. Yeah. Yeah. Our 13, mm-hmm. 26, right. So we're going by down to 20. So you have to have 13 position players and 13 pitchers. Uh, pitchers. And so the obvious answer is Heredia is the guy who's probably the odd man out in that scenario. You know, Heredia was deemed to be the backup center fielder, but now with Harris on the roster and Duvall can play center and Acuna could probably play center in a pinch, you know, that's not really a, a spot that you need anymore from Heredia. And obviously he's probably the weakest hitter on the team, at least in the outfield. So, you know, that's the obvious probably answer is Guillermo probably gets DFA'd. And I know that's a bummer because he's – the, the life of the party on the team. But if you just look at the rest of the roster, Azuna's making $16 million and is still owed like $48 million through the rest of his contract. So maybe they, you know, they're swimming in cash after the last two years. Maybe they they have the guts to just cut him. I would be shocked if they did that. Um, he's also, you know, he he's such a frustrating hitter because there's times he just looks like the guy that was – destroying baseballs in 2020 and there are times he looks like a guy who got paid and just doesn't really care anymore I mean it's so frustrating and you know but the bottom line is he's still owed a ton of money so I don't really see a scenario where the Braves cut him and obviously you're not going to cut Acuna Harris from the ball because those are starting outfield at the moment so to add Rosario back to the roster you've either got to DFA Heredia or you've got to drop Gosselin back down to the triple A. And I just don't see, I don't, I don't see any other answer quite honestly. Right. I agree with you. I think, I think actually Heredia has an option, left, oh, does um, which is interesting. Wow. And that will, that will probably, um, that will probably save him. He can go down. Um, you know, he'd be an option when the rosters back expand back, but they could also bring him back if there was an injury. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I think, you know, the, the, the thing about Ozuna, I mean, when we first started talking about this show and a little inside baseball, we were talking about this about a week ago. You know, I thought the Ozuna question was a little bit um, – was in play a little bit, honestly. But, you know, you, you just saw the series. I mean, he has five hits in the series, a couple of homers. Um, you know, it's yeah. still there. Uh, and um, I, I agree with you. I just don't see him – I just don't see cutting him as an option this year uh you know maybe you get into next year struggling you know you got a chance uh, there's a chance there but the outfield pitcher's going to look different next yeah. year too so it's a, um it'll be it's hilarious uh, that Guillermo has an option left because he's 31 years old I, I don't know if i've ever know, seen a 31 year old player with a minor league option that's hilarious Per 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 fan graphs, yeah. I still got no. one. Um, you know, I don't I don't always touch uh, trust all uh, the thing uh, uh, those sorts of things, but uh, that was my understanding that he did have. And one the other else, the, so. the other side of this um, is that Rosario, you know, Rosario got a pretty decent sized contract in the offseason too. He signed a, a two year, 
$18 million deal. Um, and so, you know, it gets very interesting if you have Acuna, Harris, and Duvall in the outfield. And let's say it's a game where you're playing Darno at catcher and you want Contreras to DH. But that means you've got $25 million worth of DH slash outfielders on the bet on the bench for that game. And, yeah. Um, I guess, you know, the uh, blueprint for it is what we saw down the stretch yeah. last year. Uh, but you got to have buy-in for that. You know, Jock, Jock pretty much, uh, Eddie, Eddie pretty much took uh, Jock's yeah. spot. But Jock balled in, went on the bench, and came up huge off the bench. I mean, it, it immediately makes that right. bench better. Of course, with the DH, the bench isn't quite as, as important. So, you know, watching how they mix and match, I wonder, would they consider – would they consider a, a platoon in left field with Duvall and Rosario or, or even at DH with Rosario and Ozuna, you know, at times um, it'll give, it'll give Snicker a lot better, uh, a lot more options to mix and well, match. I, I think, um, but I man, think you got, I think it's going to, I think it's going to come down to a couple of things. It's going to come down to how is Duvall hitting, you know, is he, is he hitting like the guy that hit the first two months of the season or is he hitting like the guy that's been hitting the last couple of weeks? Because if he's not hitting, then it makes it a lot easier to to take him off take him off the field. Right. Because you can justify, you know, Rosario's bat is better than the ball's bat at the moment. Um, but if he's hitting, that's where it gets fascinating. Because maybe you platoon Rosario and Ozuna. And just you know, if there's a righty on the mound, Rosario. If there's a lefty, Ozuna. But that means Ozuna is not going to play very much. And again, he's he's owed right. forty eight million dollars over the next three years, and so you don't typically bench those guys, you know. So no, it it, it will be fascinating. And, you know, a lot of times these things do solve themselves. You know, sometimes there's an injury, you know, somebody's just not playing well, and so it just makes sense to give them some time off. Um, but you know, the pieces don't fit together great, just because Azuna and Rosario are probably both DHs at this point. And they both make a lot of money, which complicates things even further. But um, it is going to be fascinating if how they handle it. And like you said, they have the they have the pitcher rule that might be coming into play. They might push you back again. But if they if they restrict pitchers down to thirteen, like they were going to, then that's another layer. Guillermo having an option, which again is just hysterical to me. Um, that's that's a, that's a layer. It's just a fa- it's a fascinating situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's going to be something we're going to be keeping an eye on soon. I expect uh, when they come back home, we're probably going to hear some. Uh, we'll probably hear some news on Rosario. Um, you know, and kind of about the plan. I wouldn't be surprised for him to head out as long as he's uh, it's not getting any uh, yeah. had any setbacks or anything. So. You know, that's another – That's a, if he's healthy, if he's right, which he clearly wasn't early. I mean, he's never been – I know people remember that catch in the World Series, but, you know, he's never – defense has never been his strong suit. But, I mean, he couldn't – I mean, it, it was easy yeah. to see something was wrong with him because, I mean, he just couldn't he, – he couldn't judge a ground ball. He couldn't judge a fly ball. And, um, you know, the defense was ugly. And they just couldn't – it was already a tough situation defensively. So uh, – but if you get his bat back – Man, that's a that's another that's another big uh, piece, you know, back for this roster. So uh, that'd be huge uh, going forward. Uh, you got anything? Any other thoughts? 
What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Any other no, you fourteen in a row. We get out of here. Wild. I, I, I've been watching the Braves for my you know entire adult life, and even ten years before I was an adult. I, I'm sure we've had one somewhere close to this, um, but in my adult life, no, I, I've never really seen anything like this, especially from a team that was looked lifeless two little over two weeks ago and now the schedule helps of course but the Braves didn't exactly have a, a tough schedule at the beginning of the year either and it's not like they were winning they weren't even winning series much less winning 14 consecutive games so getting Ronnie back obviously is a big part of that it just everything fits in better when Acuna is playing and getting the outfield defense settled uh, Michael Harris has been I mean he's he's we're gonna have we're gonna start having rookie of the year conversations here in the next couple of months if you know if he's still up and um, you know yeah I think that's a a topic for another a later show and I, I mean I think yeah, Spencer Strider's yeah. got to be in that conversation <laughs> too I mean you know I think that that is a that is a very good point nobody's really talking about it yet but you know if if they if they continue if they keep this up over the uh, the next few months or so, you're going to start to hear that a little bit more. I still think the fascinating thing to me is, I mean, they've cut yeah. six games off this lead or six and a half and, um, yeah. and the Mets aren't playing bad. You know, that's the, that's the thing. You know, I just, when I looked at that, when that lead got up to 10 and a half, you know, I'm thinking I knew right. last year taught me that it's never over. Um, you know, I mean, cause it felt like last year was over about three different times, but, um, you know, I was a little more focused on the wild card, but you know, here you are, middle of June, you're four games out. I mean, you know, it's just it's just a reminder that uh, baseball is not like all other sports. You can't, you know, it's it's a very much a marathon, and uh, you know, it's just uh, too many things can happen, and I'm sure there'll be plenty more twists and turns before and it always uh, before the season's over. You know, it always helps when the team you're chasing is the Mets because. We've seen for years that they don't know how to finish a season. I mean, they, I think they have, I think they're the best team in April every year. And then by, by August, they're, they're done. So, you know, I don't think any Braves fan is maybe when it was 10 and a half, you know, Braves fans were starting to get a little desperate, but at four and a half, this, it might as well be zero. I mean, this, 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 this is going to go down to the end of the year. Um, and I, I would much rather I'm, I'm glad I root for the Braves and not for the Mets because you know for a fact that Mets fans are just waiting for the collapse. They have to be. Yeah, you got to. You you feel like they probably was hoping yeah. that they just go ahead and bury They're, you know early and uh, and we'll so. But I do think this Mets team's a little different than what we've seen in the past. Uh, uh, what did you th- whatever you think about Buckshaw Walter? I think you know he's been there. He's done it. Um, he's a common influence in that in that clubhouse that they've kind of been missing. And then yeah. when you add Scherzer to it too, you know, I, I think there's injury risk with him and and of course the, uh, Jacob Degrom. But you know, having Scherzer in there, 
that's just quite a presence. Um, you know, they added some other veterans too. And I, I think, yep. I do think they're different. Um, but I, I am hoping that this is a, just a, I hope this is going to be a great pennant race down the, and, and, down the uh, stretch. And, um, um, I think this Braves team's going to come, uh, you know, I think once we've starting to see it, uh, next week will be a test. You know, it'll be good to, to see them uh, squirt match up with some of the uh, the West's uh, best teams and the Giants and the Dodgers and just see how – I think it's a measure and it's an opportunity, uh, you know, to yep. quiet some and of Freddy, that talk Freddy's about And Freddie's coming schedule. back to town, so that'll be, that'll be interesting. So. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's a, I think that's enough for the first episode. Like I said, we need to come up with a name for this segment. Um, hopefully it's going to be weekly, uh, probably some go up somewhere between Wednesday and Friday every week. And, uh, it's what we're planning and hoping, uh, if you've got an idea for, a uh, a name for the podcast, please, uh, by all means tweet it at me, Chris Willis, Chris, Chris with a K underscore Willis or, or Steven at B underscore outliers. If you're uh, do us a favor too, and uh, please leave us a rating and a review on the, and subscribe, uh, so you never miss any of our shows. Again, um, we've got a we've got a, a Road to Atlanta, uh, the main Battery Power podcast on Sunday. Usually comes out on the weekends. We're doing the Daily Hammers uh, most mornings. Uh, so we just want to add another show to the mix. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're open. Like I said, we're open to all uh, feedback and uh, hopefully yep, uh, it's it only going to get better uh, from here. You know, go easy on us on the first episode. Uh, we will, you know, we'll get it uh, buttoned up as we do a few more, but it's exciting times. It's a, it's an exciting time to be a Brace fan. Um, the team is playing as well as, I mean, they're, they're, they're the best team in baseball, obviously, in the last two weeks. So, um I can't wait for the rest of the season. It's going to be fun. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts.